0: Welcome to I Bought a Football Club. My name's Stephen Cleave, chairman of Kingsley in Town FC, and my first show of the year. 16th, I was going to say 19th, always ahead of myself, I'm sorry to say. 16th of January, um, Monday morning, or Monday evening now, it's 7 o'clock. I started the show on Monday morning and I had to do some other work. Day job, football job, and that intervened. And now I'm back just to finish it all off. So lots to get through today. Um, Apologies, it's been a little bit sporadic. Um, Christmas period, always tricky. Lots of excuses I can do, you know how it is. And I've had loads of emails not any from King's Inn fans, interestingly enough, but most of them from fans that I wish I should go through. I, I made a note to myself, I must remember this person's name and this person's name and this, but all over the world, um, loads of different clubs all saying, get on with doing a show, we're missing it, we're missing it, we're missing it. So I apologize. I am back. It's a it's a bit of a bumper one today. We've got uh, a great guest on, Bill, um, Bill Wasterton, who is the co-chairman of Altrincham Football Club, and um Bill Waterson is a, a friend of mine. It's someone I've got to know over the years. Good guy. Um, and it's a very interesting chat with him. I think you'll find that very interesting. It lasts about 50 minutes, but it's worth listening to. So we're probably going to be about an hour and 15 today because I've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, the Americans are coming. That's, that's worth discussing um, very briefly now. The Americans are coming. Why do I say that? Well, you look at the National League. We've got the 24 clubs in the National League, I make it that five of them are now owned either fully or partly by Americans. So Woking is one fully owned by Americans. Dagenham fully owned by Americans, I understand. Wrexham partly owned by Americans and a bit Canadian, so you can argue that it's all North American. Altrincham, as we're about to hear, at least one or two new American investors. Wildstone, good guy behind them in there. Um, uh, as a as a as a as an american investor as well the nottingham nottingham notts county uh is owned by some danish guys so that's 6 out of 24 so that's 25% of the national league now owned by foreign or partly owned by foreign uh investment now why is that and i'll tell you why it is i think it's 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 cheap um relatively speaking most clubs are valued you know 2 to 4 million that kind of mark um depending on in my opinion, it depends a lot on what their losses are. So if you've got a club that's losing six, seven, eight hundred thousand a year, you're probably going to pay a little bit less for it than the club mainly earning two hundred grand a year. They've both got equal opportunities to do well. Uh, Obviously, stadium, uh, how how well the stadium is built in terms of capacity and what you need to do to it will be what and training ground facilities are, are two angles to look at. But but the reality is that you know you're buying a position in that league, and it's not expensive to do so. When you when you see some of the figures being announced across oh, I don't know, across the world, yeah, you know, it it's really is a hugely wealthy man sport, as opposed to just being a rich man sport. And I think that you can you can get involved at a non league football club, you know, which is really very you know it's it's a fascinating and great stadiums you get to visit and great 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 historic clubs and it's not it's you know it doesn't have to be the outrageously expensive and you link it into your businesses and you're able to put some of it through that and sponsorship uh, sponsorship and deals and all sorts of things then there's no reason why it can't be actually quite cost effective as well and not actually cost too many too many people too much uh, it's a nice thing to do so anyway the americans are coming the americans are here i suppose we should say so good and they, you know they're always add something and i think there's a lot a lot to be done and if, if there are any americans listening to the show or for that matter any, anyone else uh, is interested in in um, learning more about investing in, Nas- in the National um, League uh, at all in terms of King's Lynn. I'm always happy and open to talk with anyone. So please give me a, um, a text. Send me a text. Uh, sorry, send me a text. Send me an email. Um, My email is chairman at kltown.co.uk, KL, of course, standing for Kings Lynn. So what have we got on the show today? We're about to have Bill on. After Bill, um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Chelsea. I've got loads of emails on on this as well. How are Chelsea doing it with the financial fair play? It's actually very interesting. Um, the, The figures are, in my opinion, um, fascinating. I'll go through those. It's actually, it's actually a no, it's a no lose situation for Clear Lake Capital, or the main guys behind Chelsea. They can't lose. I'm going to cover the streaming deal, which is diabolical. I'm sorry to say, I don't like the streaming deal. Don't get me wrong. If I was Rex, if I owned Rexham Football Club, I'd probably be over the moon. And I'm not. And Rexham have done a lot of good things because they've publicised the league, which wasn't that well publicised, and now everyone knows what it what it is across the states with the TV show that they've done. But the deal's not fair. The deal's not right, and it it, it just needs to be fairer. And it is it, it it's, it's diabolical. Anyway, I'm going to explain to you why. Those of you that read the our kind of local regional paper is available online in the EDP. I do write for that, by the way, every Saturday that Kings Lynn are at home, you'll find an article for me on the EDP website. i it's a column. I just guessed it once a once I say once a week. It's only every Saturday when we're at home. So if you see Kings Lynn at home and you want to. Get my current thoughts on whatever issue I decide to talk about. I am limited to words. Um, you'll see. You'll see that on the EDP. So just put Stephen Cleave EDP, and it will pop up. Now um, stands for Eastern Daily Press. By the way, for those of you that are, uh, that, are that are wondering, uh, the other bits I wanted to talk to you about is just the general um, situation with the FA Cup. Of course, Kingsley appeared on the on the TV recently. Against Stevenage, we lost 3-0 and Stevenage went on to beat Aston Villa in the next round. Now, would that have made a difference had we have played Villa? It would have been a huge difference. It wouldn't have been on telly. My guess is we could have made a... A big amount of gate receipts. I mean, thirty. I think it was over thirty thousand. They've got to be getting a couple of hundred grand, probably nearer three hundred grand, as a as a as a for turning up. Plus, of course, they must have made about another eighty grand for winning the game. So it's been a very lucrative time to be a Stevenage director. They must be very pleased. And um, for us, it was a you know. I'll, I'll give you some of the figures. What you might find interesting is Talk Sport. If if you Talk Sports, the FA's national broadcaster, so we get paid by them about seven to eight grand, but we only get that if the the uh, BBC or ITV aren't publicised or aren't showing the, the game. So if they do show the game, you actually get nothing from TalkSport whatsoever, which I thought was a bit of a shock. I thought you'd always get something for that. But So that was the worst part of the day, realising that we got nothing from TalkSport. The actual gate receipts were pretty good. I don't know they're an all-time high, and I'm excluding VAT in these figures, and I'm taking out the security costs, which were pretty minimal compared to what most, get, most, most clubs get. Um, I get deducted when I go to most clubs. Um, but the, the the actual gate receipts, half of the gate receipts, I should say, because obviously we split it with Stevenage, 22,835 pounds and 52 pence. So that just shows you what can be generated with a 4,000 gate. Um, pretty significant money, really. Um, I mean, from our perspective, if we were to take all of that money on a weekly basis, have 4,000 people there, we, we'd be able to have a very big budget and we would we would do very, very well indeed. So um, it just goes to show you we can get the town behind us, what we what we can do. We also got some money uh, for the TV, which I think was 60,000. You have to forgive my memory. I think it was 60,000. It's all very... Online, anyway, you're going to find out. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, you get about another ten grand for other commercial opportunities from people like Emirates as well. And you also get, well, I think we got thirteen grand for some electronic boards, which they then the people that bought the adverts bought it from the guys that provided the boards, and they put the boards up. And we got thirteen grand. So sixty grand plus ten, seventy plus twenty two, ninety two plus another thirteen, hundred and five thousand quid. Nothing for winning it. Okay, we didn't win the game. We lost it three nil. We were very good first half. Had a few injuries, which which you know probably made it difficult, but um, well, no doubt made it difficult because it was the, perhaps the... It made it hard. I won't, I won't go too much into the technical side of it, but I think if we'd had different players injured, we might better switch things around. It meant we had to play a certain way, which limited our options and obviously allowed the opposition to know what we were going to do. But such is life. We, we, I think we really gave a good showing of ourselves in the first half. And then, from what I understand, Steve Evans went absolutely crazy at half-time. Um, I bumped into a player, I won't say who, but one of their players um, a few days ago, and he was telling me that the rollicking they got was something else. So I think what happened is they came out of the for the second half, they put three goals past us and then relaxed a little bit and uh, took their foot off the gas and it, it stayed at 3-0. I think we should have had two penalties in the first half. I think there's a deliberate push on, on on Gold as he was through and I think there was another moment where Gold was held, you know, arms around his body, couldn't jump. To me, that was a definite penalty. Arguably, there was a penalty option appeal which the commentary picked up for Steve. They just didn't really get, make much of our, our commentaries our, our penalty. Um, uh, when I want to say the commentary, not talk sport. I only listened to the commentary afterwards on the BBC, and they didn't really make much of our penalty decisions. But apart from David James, who did pick it up uh, uh, as a as a an expert in the studio at half-time. And I think theirs was not necessarily a penalty, I have to say. A little bit controversial. There's a reason for it. I think his leg was dragging behind. I don't believe it was. I think ours were two blatant stonewall penalties. And we should have had both of them. Had we have got those two, who knows, we would have been 2-0 two, two, two up. But there we have it. We can't, can't can't have it all. It was a great day in the sun for the club. It It's uh, allowed us to, to go national, go live. Um, it's the second time in three years we've hit the the second round of the... FA Cup. It was uh, Portsmouth that knocked us out two years ago after we went to Port Vale and won, and this year we went to Doncaster and won, which was a, a difficult game, um, but we, we won one um got Omateo Gold uh, scoring the winner um, towards the end, almost the same minute when Sonny Carey, now at Blackpool, but once of King's Lynn fame, scored the winner for us against Port Vale. I think it was almost the same minute, but it wasn't the same minute. So there we go. It was a, it, it, it was nice to do it. Um, it's always a great thing, the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup, especially the early rounds. And I think it's a great thing for football generally because it does really make a difference and help keep uh, the lights on, which is, you know, because of our crowds this season, they've been a little bit on the low side, apart from recently, where we got a great crowd against Boston over, over 2,000. And we had over 1,300 there on Saturday when we played our local rivals, Peter Sports, Nevertheless, keeping the lights on is never easy. So um, that was very, very, very useful indeed. So that's the figures for you. Um, most people don't give their figures out. I do. There's nothing to hide about them. They're they're, um, they're not common records. We didn't make much out of Doncaster, by the way. We made less less than four thousand from memory. So I mean, and that included the coach. So and it was a very similar crowd. So make of that what you will. But that's what we got anyway. That's that. Let's get on with Bill. Let's see what he's got to say, and then um, I'll come back to you and we'll deal with those other issues, which uh, I think are worth, it, w- w- are, worth, are worth looking into because the, the, the streaming deal really isn't right. But anyway, we'll go into that in, in a second. So en- enjoy hearing about Ultringer, who got promoted the same time as Kings Lynn were promoted to the National League. Sadly, we've dropped back again. They're still there. They've done it, obviously, the right way. Um, let- so let's hear how they've done it. Over to you, Bill. Well, it's a it's a long, uh, overextended uh, debut today for Bill Waterson um, on the show. Bill, uh, chairman of Ultringham uh, um, Football Club, isn't it? Or is it Altrium Town Football Club? I always get confused.
1: It's there's no town in there. I'm the co-chairman of Ultringham Football Club.
0: You, we, de- we, no, you can't demote yourself already.
1: <laughs> we we growl we. To Altrincham Town, oh, or spell okay. us with a G. Both of which, both of which happen,
0: but no, uh... I've never spelt you with a G. I've never spelt you with a G. <laughs> yes. But I have, I have almost made the faux pas of calling Altrincham Town, so I'm glad I didn't. But I almost did, didn't I? Good. Well. Welcome to the show. Um, first of all, victors against Wrexham Football Club in the um, in the FA Trophy, and also a traveller on the uh, Elizabethan line. <laughs> yes, just, uh, yeah, there's a little standing joke between the two of us. Um, but tell me, uh, you must be delighted about that performance and, and, and going through. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. It was a very um, a game under lights in the trophy with a penalty shootout. Can't fail but be uh, exciting, and when you end up. It's doubly so, and uh, we're looking forward to the last uh, 16 draw. It's uh, Although we've won this competition twice, uh, I was at Wembley for both games, we've uh, not had a good recent run last 20 years, haven't been particularly spectacular. So I'm hoping that we can recover some club history this season.
0: Oh Well, let, fingers crossed that you do. And what was the crowd did you get uh, against Wrexham? Two, two and a half thousand. Very good. And you sold a load of streams as well, is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yes, we're waiting, we're waiting to hear on a number of streams. I and- know are very, very good at selling the stream, so we're hoping that there's good
0: numbers there. Oh, that's good. Well done. So you've made, you've made, a, you've made a few quid, which which is helpful, and and you, hopefully you'll 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 end up at Wembley at the end of it all, which would be a great, a great, you know, success, won't it? It
1: mm-hmm. would be. It would be if we yeah. could do it. It would be absolutely s- superb. Yeah,
0: good. Well, well done. Well done. Well. Let's talk about. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. And I know you have. You're a busy guy. You haven't got much time. We've got to get. Got to get the show done in a certain period to keep keep in, keep interest, as it were. But um, y- you've been a very busy boy, haven't you, Bill? <laughs> um,
1: well, uh, I I think that and Football Club have got one of the hardest working board of directors uh, of any football club. Super capable. credit needs to go to the rest of my colleagues. On-
0: that we've made over the last uh, twelve months. Yeah, well, let's so p- the people that don't know you've. I mean, look, uh, before we go there, actually, let's just. How did you get? I mean, obviously you're you're an old fan, or not an old fan? I just, you're a long time fan, but that'd be more. I am
1: watching yeah. us since the sixties, uh, on and off. Um, got involved, uh, coming onto the board no. now, and uh, with Lawrence Looney, my coach Comes over up. chair uh, immediately before the playoff um National League North playoff final which, uh,
0: which elevated us back into the National League that's it okay so you've 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 watched them for a while and how did you get involved what made you c- come on board as it were instead of watching from the terraces
1: uh so i um uh, which meant that i could um choose how i spent my money i think is is what it comes down to <laughs> right <laughs> the bottom of it um but yeah mm. I was you know watching watching from the side and, and recognized I could help, help. and so a... went out of my way to try and do so
0: good well done and so you've 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 done a you've done a great job now you've you've been raising money and you've got, and obviously uh, what amazed me first of all was how much money you made during COVID which was fantastic wasn't it yeah. really? um, yes <laughs>
1: yes yeah. so we um we were profitable um, during COVID. We um, and and we thank our fans not only for contributions that they made, but also for the way that they signed up to streaming in in you know significant numbers. We were getting forty five to fifty percent of expected gate revenues through streaming, and and that really really helped us. But the Premier League grants that they gave to national league clubs that was a significant help too. And how helpful the Premier League were to helping clubs at our level survive the pandemic.
0: No, nope, I agree. I agree. So you've come out the other end of it, and then you've since gone into um, fundraising and almost gangbuster mode, haven't you? Um, you, you just be on Cedars. Run us through that, what happened at Cedars.
1: So but basically, we, we took a look at where we needed to be. We, we set an ambition to get into the Football League. The club has never been in a Football League. We got very, very close in 1980 through the re-election process and missed out by one vote. And um, there's a historic wrong that needs writing there said, okay, if we're going to do that, then, and be, which is what we have been over the years, and we need to significantly increase our revenue streams. Now, in order to uh, give us a glide path towards that increased revenue, to give us a number of seasons to grow that revenue, we thought we needed to bring in, or we realized we needed to bring in some investment, and uh, we set about investment um and we use, we use Cedars as a platform to do so as a means of attracting uh, people who wanted to put stake in the club. Uh, part of it is cashing in on the uh, attention that the National League is getting these days through through the likes of Ryan Reynolds and, and Wrexham. But part of it was around the, the sort of the growth trajectory that we were seeing within... Um, Altrincham itself. Our average gate has gone up from back uh, five years ago when I joined the board. It was about seven or eight hundred, and it's last season it was over two thousand. Um, I think around two thousand again this season. Seen sort of tripling, two and a half times growth in gate, so what we just need to do is uh, make all of our lines of business continue to grow in that way um, to give us that sustainable revenue stream. Once um once the investment cycle the investment cycle is to bridge the gap between support that we've gone that we've gone full time to bridge that uh, until the revenue to support that
0: okay so let's just talk about that you you, you went full time what what was the thinking behind that just because you'd become a lot more effective as a football club on the pitch if you were full time than if you were part time was that it
1: Oh, well, well um, whilst it, it was pretty clear that whilst full guarantee of success, we've seen clubs who have and, and not done it well, well. well. Our feeling was that, um, you know, for, for two years on the top tr- leading part-time club in 14-15, there wasn't really much scope to, to finish higher. We could we could really be taken seriously, be pushing for playoffs and so on. Was as a, a full time club, uh, the, the part we, we'd sort of reached the limit. Of being a part time club to do for us, um, it was quite. There were a few fans who said, but you know we're we're famous for being the best part time club in, the world. and we're on that. If I go back to the the, the chairman, in our great trophy twice, twice time we um in consecutive seasons back in uh, the first two seasons the time, time that we were in the F- every season the intention then was not time coming a but to get into the football league, league so, so we're a actually a historic history. vision of football league football um and and that does need a change in status there are full-time clubs now playing all the way down in the northern premier league the uh the historical vision of non-league football being you know a bunch of bricklayers and carpenters that is is more or less dead now um there's just too many full-time clubs for us to have alongside them as a and um uh, and And do anything other than finish lower mid table,
0: okay, and what have you found the, the obviously there's, there's 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 great benefits to being full time yeah and there obviously are some disadvantages there must be some difficulties as well you must have faced going from part time to full time what what would you say are the biggest hurdles you had to get over in, the, um, in doing it making the change
1: so the the biggest the most painful step like was the fact yeah. that seven squad members who had been uh, instrumental to us coming up from the Northern Premier League National League North back into the National League and had contributed well to our um, National League status were in a position you know they were either at the end of their careers uh, and or that they had significant jobs out football and there was therefore you know this this crew the Magnificent Seven that we effectively had to uh, let go that they're all now playing at National League North level, mostly one in the Northern, one or two in the Northern Premier League, but the rest of them are at um, spread around National League North clubs in the North West. And, and losing some of those guys who had contributed so much to us was actually a very big, um, a big emotional gap to, to fill. You know, seven new members coming into a squad at the beginning of the season means that you've got you haven't got the same level of continuity that, that um, you might have a, a team that has, has played above its weight, as it were. And, and the way that we've done that is by um, the the team being a very, very solid unit. And uh, you put seven new faces in there, less of a solid unit to start with. But And therefore, we started slowly out of the blocks. Mm-hmm. We, lost, we lost seven heroes. We gained... Seven new heroes. It took them a while to. It took, but we're now we're now unbeaten in nine. So we're seeing,
0: we're seeing the benefits of
1: of the change for sure.
0: No, that's good. So that was that was the hardest bit. The uh, were there any other big hurdles apart from the switch of players that, that you found off the pitch, maybe? So yeah, so you,
1: you infrastructure in place to to support full time, and that means you know proper tra- facilities uh feeding the players uh you know there's 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 a bunch of stuff the medical staff off the pitch which are costs associated and, and, and facilities associated with moving full-time that if you don't do
0: it properly you, you're limiting really you... okay. Go. okay that 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 makes a lot of sense um And your manager, yeah, I guess he was keen because he was full. He did have another job, quite a big job, didn't he? Or am I wrong with that?
1: Yes, he did. Yes. So um, the first step in the going full time took place one season earlier. Phil Parkinson, Neil, um, and part of that was was to give them the bandwidth to to prepare the trans team team to full time. Right. uh, Um, 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 and uh, make life particularly different, difficult. You know, a London <laughs> club on a Tuesday night, or something. Um, we, we weren't able by by making them full time. We were able to uh, smooth that transition by giving them significant extra time to work to work on the move over the season
0: previous. Like, Right, uh, which, which seems eminently sensible. And then th- there were rumours yeah, uh, that, that there were there were several big clubs that came in for your manager before the season started, and he turned them down. Is there any truth in that?
1: Well, I mean, you become a victim of your own success, um, and 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 the club as a whole have been very successful, which means that the speculation around not only the playing staff but also the the management. Um, increases there's a heck of a lot of interest you, you're not under the radar anymore um and and yes there were people that were interested and um you know phil and neil staying with us which is which is great news for the season um and for the future basically the we're in the second five-year plan now That and the first five-year plan almost coincides with their arrival which is now about six years ago and, and we've seen an improvement in position every year. They're a very, very important part of the strategy. Um, and, and therefore, we were delighted to be able to keep
0: hold of them through the summer and uh, into the future. Yeah. I mean, but that's quite rare, isn't it? Because in my experience, the money the has increased dramatically. You know, and I'm just guessing here, you probably weren't, able, you, know, you probably offered them a deal at the time, and that was the deal. Yep, and they accepted it. And then if someone comes in with big bucks and a big club, uh, people always want to better themselves and also of course the money does talk a lot of the time it, so it's quite it's, it's huge loyalty isn't it your manager showed you that
1: to show in return was was there you know uh sure. you if if we were saying yeah well we're sort of happy with finishing 15th um of course didn't blame you wouldn't blame a player for saying well actually i want more i want more from my career than that so sure. yeah Yes, yes loyalty but also in parallel it's the we have we have the ambition and you're an important part of that ambition so if we i don't think i think if we hadn't have shown the ambition to yeah. be in a position that we are today and we have to keep we have to keep pushing which means you can't take your foot off the accelerator which means all of the plans that we've got about growing the club need to continue because that um on-field success fields the off field success. Right. the wrong field success we have to keep that engine running and have to keep moving forward
0: okay and what are the big drivers for you off off field in terms of income if you is there anything you can share with us at all where you've you know made significant incomes you know, not in terms of people coming through the turnstiles on a Saturday but a wave away from a Saturday afternoon
1: so effectively, we've got to look at every possible income stream, um, and, and yes, you, you're right. We've talked about the growth in spectators, uh, and that that's that's been one of the levels of some brilliant work done on the commercial side. Grown our sponsorship significantly um, over over the past. We see. That Sponsorship growth is something that will continue, and, and Sam McKenzie, our commercial director, has done a brilliant job in doing that. Look at the retail side of things. The, the growth that we've seen in merchandising, but in, in, in other retail too, has been significant, driven by uh, John Coyne. Um, so also, if we look at hospitality, uh, we've, um, we Re- recognise that there's a significant scope for growth revenues as well, and we've uh, we we refurbished our effectively just as COVID was coming in, um, and therefore mm. it it lay empty for a season and a bit. But uh, it has uh, it is delivering you know significant additional revenue as well. So you have to look at you have to look across the board. You have to each income stream, and you have to look at how you can opt. And we've been very successful um, in doing so, particularly you know as I say around sponsorship and 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 retail, both of those have seen significant. We need to look to continue how we can how we can continue to grow those streams going forward.
0: Okay. When you say retail, the stuff that's not merchandise, what retail is involved in that which isn't merchandise?
1: Well, making it easy to buy stuff from the club, match day tickets, or hospitality, or, or or whatever else it might be. It's about creating a unified commercial face, effectively. If you want. Anything associated with the club you have a place to go and and you can buy it through there and that that single platform um, you know, we folded the uh, match day tickets into that this season match day tickets had run separately and that single platform has really really helped us uh, serve the needs of
0: our growing okay great and th- 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 you know there's been public knowledge that you've raised some money on cedars yeah um, which I think is be all available, isn't it? So we can talk about that. So what what would you say you raised two two hundred thousand on Cedars something like that, a bit more than that?
1: Well, it, it 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 it's it's slightly blurry in terms of um you know which which money, but the 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 underlying story is we put, had a new share issue, um, uh we had that approved at the AGM in twenty twenty one, and we sold those shares to investors through Cedars, but also through prior to Cedars through other channels, right that was around you know around uh, 700 that we raised through those means in last 18 months um and a lot of that has been used this year and in terms of
0: time right got it and then uh, and that put a valuation because it's because no one talks about what clubs are worth but you know I, am i right in saying that it was the clubs now capitalized at two two and a half million or something of that that nature <laughs> that that's that...
1: Order of magnitude, yeah. I mean, significantly more than it was, um, uh, you know. Five, five, uh, and, and we do expect that capitalization to oh, And Mr. this is the thing. You know, if we do get, then or, the market cap goes up significantly. You know, we're, we're in a good position. We've got money. Um, you know, we, we, we are um, managing within our budgets. We have a clear view to the end of next season. To do next season to grow and to support what we'll need to do, so we've got a very clear vision of what we do. We've got no um, compared to a lot to of football, football clubs, um, we're, we're in a really solid position.
0: No, very good. And you have also joined the national league's growing trend of having an American investor arrive on the scene, is that is that right? Well,
1: we've we um, okay. we uh, in, so if, if I look at our board now, we've got mm. Canadian, Canadian. and a Canadian Australian. He lives in Canada, but he is originally Australian on the board. And the and Canadian Australian and, and Scott Burton, the Canadian, both been on the board uh, well over a year uh, and have helped drive our create creating that view of our awareness in North America and and off the back of that Alberto Valdez uh has joined the board recently um as as the as the sort of headline american as it were and and he's got um his background is in hospitality he's going to help drive that side of the business going forward as, as well as making other major
0: contributions okay so he he's he's in the hospitality trade not in the football yeah, you know, or soccer business that they call it in the states. Yeah, He's no, no, not...
1: no. The uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: three of them were in, were in the soccer business. I must mm-hmm. say that in addition to that, um, you know, we we have also been new board in new in in Manchester mm-hmm. based in Altrincham. Mark, Luke joined the board. Mark Chapman um, joined the board. So we that we. we turning ourselves into a we're still very much rooted in the community of Altrincham and um, that to me is uh, a, a very important part of the success that we've got because we, without that rooting in the community we wouldn't have seen the growth uh, in average tendencies
0: that we have of course uh, why would someone like Mr Valdez I mean he lives in Chicago doesn't he why would he want to get involved with Altringham?
1: he lives in Texas but uh, he also has businesses oh, in Chicago yeah, because um, the, the 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 attraction of a and this sort of growth trajectory vision uh, have taught very eloquently in terms of what they're doing and obviously doing, doing it with more um, more resources much anybody else um, but that does strike a chord in in North America. This mm-hmm. um, take a small club, make them a big club. They call it rags to riches, but uh, we're not rags at the moment. And, you know, sure. that that part, part of yeah, being able well- to take a vision of significant growth and execute that, I think is something that does strike a chord quite widely. And, and you know, come a, come a the as it were our our positioning fits very well with with what people are looking for and to use that to help um stretch our growth
0: yeah and and, and i guess they must be football fans and enjoy the sport well, well they wouldn't be yes old, would it? yeah, yeah. Ab-
1: absolutely i mean sports fans in general um play football, football um you you watch us for a while, you, you will fall in love with us. It it is amazing just how much strength of feeling we generate from over here. Maybe once or twice a season get over here at all in in COVID times, and thank goodness for streaming to allow uh, uh, overseas. In fact, and and see what we were making it has been a, a significant part. So that technology aspect of having. Has been a significant of um, growing that brand, as it were. And what we've been doing, it's being a, a hypothetical concept, and you know the the blood and guts and energy and passion even even if what's through streaming at our level, has managed to generate a huge amount of interest from
0: people, for sure. Sure. What do you feel is? The, obviously, a lot, of, a lot of the, shall we say, not national league, or maybe not nationally, north and south. But let's just go step four. It's 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 a it's a small it's a small club with a few hundred fans, maybe three hundred fans, two hundred fans. A guy running it who's perhaps done well for his local community and put some money back in. What? How does he go from there to a board such as you've got and develop and and, and grow it without having to bankroll everything himself? What's your view on that?
1: Well, I think. The clubs club. that have been, over the years, years. going back over a number of years here. You look, for example, at Salford City, who, hundred them were way down in by level six. six. Green. Green, who uh, made, you know, strides. You look at Crawley. You look at the, t- the teams that have come through um, into the football league and established themselves. They have been bankrolled. Um gets bankrolled too. Back- have Perhaps clubs that... that don't make it you know there are clubs that have fallen by the wayside you, you look at clubs like russian diamonds for example who way mm-hmm. pyramid, mm-hmm. and then, um basically, you look you at, at clubs, have clubs that have... have started at the very bottom and then feeling uh, um you know, don't forget so all the first club really to start um you know 7 or 8 step 7 or 8 and work their way up um mm-hmm. you know fc united of manchester did the same thing it it's it's not easy fc united have probably got you know the uh, of not being funded by us they very much fan owned and they have they have built their way up to that level but but what they've done is they they have reached a, a, a limit now um sort of national- slash Northern Premier League. And uh, they'll have to change something to, to make that leap. But they've got the fan base. They've built the fan base, which is you know of critical importance. They just need to make sure that they're doing some some of the off-the-field stuff that will help, will help grow as well. And a clear statement of strategy. Helpful in terms of doing that. Uh, I, I think it is very difficult. You, you know, for every Dorking Wanderers and uh, you know Mark White has been a force of nature as he's come into mm-hmm. the uh, into the national. Do it well. There are there are clubs that you know. Do it badly, I, I, I... I do think, actually, as the uh, me continues to struggle, that we will see football clubs who. Um, run the risk of going way of berry and uh, our old rivals at Macclesfield town you you I know of a couple of clubs in League two, a couple of clubs in the national league, and then a number of clubs at north and south who are really, um and it is going to be a hard, I think and um, we, we all need we all need to take care of the risk that, uh, of overreaching at this time. you you know you do have to be. Uh, in terms of what you're doing in terms of not um not not overreaching because the the, the penalties the penalties are, are dire.
0: Does your manager stick to his budget? Would you give them a fixed budget? Does he come back for more or is it is it very much a kind of open conversation where, you know, you had a few injuries, you need a few more quid to will come to you and you you'll you'll listen to it or is it is it rigid?
1: Uh, Phil's very, very good, very good at uh, sticking to his budget. He's absolutely excellent at and, and when needed uh, we we have upped that budget for for short periods so um that's a very good dialogue between Phil rob Esterberg, and the board is like okay we think he needs some more he needs some more money at this point we and we'll adjust the budget to to account for that but he is managing within budget and um and he needs more uh, and, and justifying it really well that's that's actually
0: the overall of his time at the club okay and does he does he does he how are the players chosen is it purely Phil or do you have a, a network or do you have a bit something involved because because that's an interesting a- area this that recruitment teams get set up by managers and when the manager leaves the recruitment teams leaves with him so what what do you, what's your take on all that
1: uh yeah so we we now have a pretty good scouting network um and and it it is unearthing you know, from from across from across uh, the leagues actually, and, and that's that's working better. Feel that, that has that, actually that... been another success story for us. But but it is um, we've just brought in uh, Michael Clegg, former Aston United manager, is, um, as as it's, it's, well, as opposed to. So I, I would be comfortable that we'd be able to maintain that um, yeah. even if even if Phil were to move on. I think that's
0: important. And and, the, and when it comes to player picking, if, is, is it a situation like in the Premier League, the player what the the manager wants a right back? Do you go back to him with three right backs, or does the manager come to you and say this is this is the right back I want? Or how does it work?
1: No, there's there's on between. <laughs> Uh, Rob, as director of football, and Phil, uh, a lot of working goes on there. Terms. So okay. we'll, we'll identify, uh, we'll you know review uh, and uh, decide bring people in. So it, that, that's uh, that, that's a very very strong part of our progress. Uh, okay. Process. And the board
0: are involved in that, are they? The board, the board get told the targets before or, or not? I well, I
1: mean, the, the, the you have to it's think it. of where value can be added. Um, you, you know, a, a conversation come come between Rob and Phil will add a lot of value. It's it it a good it was, bet or whatever it might be. is sure. isn't really going to add more than me intervening. Interest. You know, it, the fans say, in Phil we trust, and uh, that's actually... Infield we trust. I I don't think I'd add any value being involved in the day to day. This left winger at such and such, or this no you no know, central midfielder. If 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 I can't add value, I'll keep out of the way.
0: Sure, but the, but what you have got is someone on the club side, as it were. Yeah, in, yes. Oh yes. You, yes. Your, you know, yeah. Who is doing your yeah. bit for you, as it were? So you've got someone yeah. in place. Yeah. In trust who, and then they come to you and say, right, this is the man we think we should. Yeah we should go for and then you tell them what they've got to spend or yeah well i suppose if, if, if it's over the budget yeah if you're going to make an exception for an exceptional reason so yeah, that makes that makes good sense. And then tell me you've one of your fruits of your recruitment, um, Ryan Colclough. Uh now he's an interesting player. He, I mean, look, I, I'm glad. Well, I'll say I'm glad to see the back of him because uh, we, we're not in your league anymore, as you know. But <laughs> if I was in your league, I'd be glad to see the back of him because he liked putting the ball in our back of our net, which I never really appreciated. Um, but he's a great player. I mean, I always had a little doubt with him. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I always I always felt his kind of Attitude was a bit off the wall. Yeah. And one day he was on it and ready for it. And the next day, maybe, you know, he wasn't feeling quite so up for it. But maybe I'm wrong. Tell, tell me what your th- thoughts are there.
1: I I think that... um. ..the best player to have pulled on an Altrincham shirt um, in all my time in watching the club. If, if I look I'm, for people to make... Him, then, ..then the obvious one is Duncan Watmore, who we played 20 Premiers. And and it's now uh, middlesbrough in uh, but you know if you're please hmm. why are you playing at this level no. you know when when they go you know it's great it's not, but not so good on cross no. if only on them or whatever it might be you 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 invent the scenario you you think you think of the player there are reasons um if five and not higher up and and the ability reasons their uh, mindset reasons their stage of development reasons either the beginning of the year or career or the, the yeah. career and you have to therefore accept that you're not polished article in any um, national league player or indeed in league two or league one um, and we were very very lucky to have Ryan for a couple of seasons and um, he uh, field and hopefully for him that will mean a return to the football he was in, in the, the championship you know three or four years ago so mm-hmm. the, the guy is a talent and uh, Dave Cook was his manager at Wigan is now his manager at Chesterfield you, you have to hope out for for both of them
0: and um yeah i mean there's no questioning his i'm not questioning his ability his ability was always phenomenal yep. there's no question about that yeah brilliant, brilliant player to watch. And, i mean as i say he scored against us a few times so he yeah i, I watched him at very close quarters and but i always you know, but you're probably right as you say there's a reason why he was with you and not and not at another league a league one or you know, championship club so yes you've done mm-hmm. what you've, you've done what you've done well which is to put him back on the market put him back in the window and i i i you you made a few quid out of it. Can you tell us how much you made, or is that a, is that confidential?
1: Truly <laughs> undisclosed. So we we will uh, we will abide by the terms of the contract
0: we have signed. <laughs> Even can I ask you one thing about um, what I do know, which I think isn't confidential, is that there was a buyout clause met. Yeah. How? Yes. Not forget Ryan's situation because this is a really interesting. I, I had an interesting discussion with the FA recently that we were trying to meet someone's buyout in their contract okay and yeah. i said i was trying to ask the actual ramifications how you actually go about doing it because the because the fa actually don't want to get involved in disputes so for example let's just say his buyout was 100 quid and and, and i know it wasn't but chesterfield then offered you 100 quid um and you just didn't do anything with it w- where does one go with that do you see what i'm trying to say it's a bit how do you how does one actually uh, facilitate the actual buyout you know exercise exercising
1: shall we say so, um, with with all of the contractual nuances, because if I, if sure. I went down to that level of detail, I'd almost certainly make a mistake. <laughs> but but understand the process. You Of hundred quid, and They get... go. Uh, we want to... fifty quid for all. the buyout clause. <laughs> come back, and eventually they'll come back. They'll have hit the buyout clause, and that then gives them the right, effectively, to talk to the player. Uh, and then, of course, you know, negotiate and, and it's a trigger point. So you then try and, and if you have more than one club in, you know, it's a hundred. They'll pay a hundred and five, you pay hundred and ten. So there's the negotiations in terms term of the, his contract with. And ne- it goes between us and uh, the the buying club in terms of. They look like all, is, 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 all that means is game on, it doesn't mean game over. Um, right, you know, we've, we've some
0: buyout clauses have been met, and um, players have stayed with us in the end, okay. And and, and then, do they club once they, they hit the buyout clause? Do they then need your permission legally to speak to the player, or can they just go and ring them up?
1: Yeah. Yes, um. Although we know that that likely have been background conversations, not strictly legal, between agents and, and clubs, which time. And uh, you know, the, they, they can just be expressions of interest. They can, they can just be things going yep. on in the background. But yes, once, once the buyout clause is good, then that conversation becomes uh,
0: formal, effectively okay that 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 becomes formal very good and then the um the 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 triggers then met and then they they can speak and, and, and that and that's it um because its it's a it's a it's a very murky little business trying to understand these buyouts I, I I found you know um yeah but um yeah, I don't know I just got we got tied up in knots with it all because the club was refusing to Pass, 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 pass it on to the player, and yeah, and and they wouldn't negotiate still, and we couldn't, we weren't allowed to speak to them. And, and are you are you allowed to speak to an agent as as a as a chairman? Are you allowed to speak to the the agent if you're trying to buy a player? You're not meant to contact them if they're contracted to another club, the player. But does that also preclude you from speaking to the player's agent? You
1: know, as as I said, to, I... yeah, sure. Well, Phil, um, but my view is you could you could talk to the agent about the weather, other players in his roster, you know all sorts of things. Um, sure. uh, in in theory, for for the contract. contract shouldn't shouldn't happen unless at the That's far it. end, but if the conditions have been met, you know, so a buyout clause, if the conditions have been met, yeah. then there's no reason to not have
0: that conversation no that makes sense that, that, that was my interpretation of it as well which is good so that that clears that one up and um yeah i mean th- the other thing we've got to talk about of course um it, 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 you know, are, are you looking after ross barrows up there
1: unfortunately he had an injury just um just uh, before christmas but uh, i was having a chat with him uh, where was it now um, the away games uh, i was kind of goals with the fans uh, was it, it was Southend. End. I to me, mean, we had a little bit of a chat. So we um, um, he's, he's a lovely, lovely. guy. The, um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a he's great, great addition to the squad, and, and, and we're very glad to have him. And thank you very much for having nurtured him before he came to us.
0: No, no problems at all. No, he's a great, he's a great guy, and we love. Yeah, you know, he, he's much loved um, in East Anglia. So um, we're glad you're looking after him for us because uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the good ones. Yeah, so that's. Uh, that's good to know. Send him our love, won't you, when you we'll, speak to him. We'll do sure. Good, good, good. So, anything else you want to add, Bill, um, before we wrap things up?
1: I, I just want to um, say well done for going back to the top of the league on uh, Saturday. That's,
0: yeah.
1: I guess, local rivals, Peterborough Sports, although perhaps the first time you've played them. And, uh, yeah, you've got the might of AFC filed breathing down your neck. As always, well, it's a very, very strong playoff uh, roster, as it were. But, um, on that. for the rest of the, rest of the season, time. it'd be good to see you back. Uh, and yeah. uh, yeah, well, you know, 23 games to go, you're halfway through. It's there's, there's still a lot of football to be played, isn't there?
0: It's a lot of football. I mean, look, we went up together, didn't we? I mean we, we yes. went up as, as kind of champions in a kind of weird way for points per game and you went up for the hard way through the playoffs and yes. um and we both went up the same season and you've done it you did a much better job than us because you stayed up and we of course uh stayed up by default in the first season. yeah you know, in my opinion badly because what we should have done if we should have I don't know if you did that, but what what once there was no relegation, my idea was to try and have a look at a lot of players who maybe would have been good for us the following season. Yeah. Um, I, don't know how, I can't remember what you did. Did you do any of that or not at that point? I can't remember.
1: Um, yes, yes, sort of. Um, uh, it, and, and and you know, what we had was seven guys I talked about. We we had the, the team that played together for a few years. We, we, were, we were quite a bit more looking at how, how we augment that. And, and we brought some players in now no. and therefore you know we can say that yes we did do that um but we, it, we i think it was quite targeted in terms of positions and uh and yes. yeah clear
0: it, it, it worked um it worked well, well. No, worked well, brilliantly. Well. I mean, we 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 didn't do the right thing, I thought. And anyway, that was that. And then that didn't have any effect that season because it made no difference. But the following season, I think we paid for it, and um, we we had the moment to change the style. I think we were too expansive. We kept on not well. Our previous manager refused to change the way that he played football. He said, "We're, we're I'm not changing." Twice what he said to me. So I mean, but clearly it wasn't working for us because we the players in in the league that you're in, Bill, as you know, are very good. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, and there's. Yeah. there's- players in this league and uh, I mean you, you're right I think that season without relegation sort of made us all relax a bit too much and it's it was almost not a joke season but unless you unless you've got the fear of going down then then it is very I mean you look you look at American sports and you know basketball mm-hmm. in particular where at the end to be the worst team so that they get the best choice next season and uh, if you were to yes. do that at our level they end up falling through the leagues you know I, I look at uh, I mean we had the misfortune the last time we got relegated to then fall straight through the national league's north and that is, that, that is, is possible because both the north and the south are, are very strong leagues you for example that? at the bottom of the national league south that inform, but the there the is it they'll fall through. You can't just assume that you go down and, and do what you're doing um, you know you're the pace in the league and that's um well that, that's you, not you straightforward.
0: I, I was putting this in my programme notes just this just this weekend. I, was, you know that, that that has to be noted that if you look at the teams that got relegated out of the football league and got into your league, Oldham are just one place outside the bottom the bottom four and Scunthorpe are rock bottom of your league yeah, and they were in the football yeah. league weren't they so, and as you say the National League North Weymouth are se- sorry National League South Weymouth are second from bottom so it, that's what happens when teams are falling they generally fall right? unless you turn them around
1: in yeah. what we've probably hit the bottom and they're now on the bounce this last year they were down in the relegation places about this time of the year their way up Um, by having a strong second half of the season in the table and here they are now uh, sat in the playoffs, I think you could see a similar trajectory for Oldham because um, the resource not least through having three or four times the income that they have means that they should be able to perform well enough to be at least in the top half of this league and uh, you know, obviously the and the Chesterfields are significantly better off than other teams in that regard. But South End have to consider themselves as being just behind that when they get on their feet, will be similarly strong. I think. Uh, I, yes. I think the problem that League Two has is that there are because of the fact it's only two down, the bottleneck, but uh, you know, not necessarily well run clubs towards the bottom of that league and uh. It's quite to get, get out of it coming mean. downwards, but once you're out of it, it's quite difficult to get back into it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see what. we have gone close
0: every year. Uh, you know, this is their third or fourth year. Exactly, exactly. And and the other club to mention, of course, Wildstone. In, you know, I mean, they're part time still, not the biggest budget in the world, and they're they're ninth.
1: They're doing very well at Wheelstone. Um, you know, I've got I've got a lot of time for Wheelstone. I think they're a a very well run club. They're sort of old old time old world non lit. You know, in the fir- first few seasons of the uh, national league, you know, we went <coughs> twice in the first five seasons or whatever. So. Th- w- w- the number of visits I'd made to their old Lower Mead ground in uh, in, the, in the heart of Harrow was was significant. Not always a nice place to go. Always friendly. Always welcoming.
0: Yeah, no, very good. So it's good to see you guys. You guys doing well and at the right end of the table. So um, yeah, w- many many congratulations. And you know, I, I, it'll be obviously I guess from your perspective, apart from the financial aspect, you probably like Notts County and Wrexham gone. Yeah, you know, if you're trying to get yourself out of that league and get to the next one. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, Uh, you know, we we thank them very much for the money they put in our coffers, but um, they're where they belong. They are football league clubs, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, You know, I said the same about Stockport County last year. Stockport County belong down here. I'm absolutely delighted they're back uh, where where they should be in in League Two, and and I'm hoping that they will uh, perhaps make a run for promotion to League One, because uh, str- there are only three points out. Strong enough to um, pull, and um, I hope that their time at our level has done a lot of good. It has made them more resilient as a football club, and now, you know, they should they should be looking to get um, back to to where they properly belong, which is well and truly established in the football league. So, it's not the end of the that's one thing that clubs have learnt is when you come down it's not the end of the world. Um, you can you can rebuild supporters. I mean the fact that uh, if you and you're a club like uh, a not Wrexham or a Chesterfield, you will win more games than you season and a winning team always attracts more fans and if you've been you know, Winning, winning ten and losing twenty—that that, that mm. doesn't—that doesn't attract fans in the same way that, you know, winning twenty-five and losing eight or whatever it is at the top of the league does. So, it can help you regrow your fan base. You know, stabilize your club and put put more robust and resilient. Pro- so it's not the end of the world to come down to the national league. There is life after the national league.
0: There is. What's the What's your view on this? Because this is quite an interesting point here. Uh, my, my belief is that a lot of the wages in the National League aren't that dissimilar from the wages in League Two. And therefore, if you get promoted to League Two, instead of getting 100 grand a year in the National League, you get over a million quid a year. So you should surely be self-sustainable at League Two. I think it's down to depth. Um, I think
1: there's probably a, a if wages and there's probably the intersection distribution occurs for League 2 in the National League but I suspect the tale of lower paid players in the National League I think there's probably a bigger cohort of well-paid players in League 2 I, and I, I think that's probably what the likes of Notts County and the uh, Wrexham have replicated at our level is they'll have a number of highly paid players, whereas other clubs may have, you know, a small number of of more highly paid players. So I suspect that the wage bills on average are higher, but I do probably Probably. some kind of wastage in that in terms of inefficient spending of money at League Two level, which which does mean and and we do think that with the money that you get for being in League Two, that's a huge step towards
0: self-sustainability, yes. Yeah, I think so. The only problem is you've got to get your. I, I think the key with League Two is you've got to go up and stay up for a few years because you've got to get your ground right, as you know, and you've got three yes. years to do it. And uh, and in that three years, you've got to make a lot of improvements. So the last thing you want to do is start spending, I don't know, two million quid on a new stand or so, and then find yourself relegated. Yeah, the following season. Look at
1: clubs that have gone up. Me um, down again quickly. Harleypool being. Bit of an exception in in in, the, in those terms, you know. Normally, you the table. You look at Sutton mid table. You look at Stockport playoffs. You c- you can find defeat, and as you, I, then you know, as you say, Grimsby a, a sort of lower mid table. Um, then I think after a few seasons, it does begin to, to a little bit, but um, but you to To get in there and stay in
0: there for a little while. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd say about that, and it's true what you say, that but Grimsby, um, Hartlepool, and um, Stockport have all have all got proper league grounds. although they were non-league for a long time, you know. Yeah. Um So there is that that they didn't have to spend too much to get them right. Well, I mean Sutton, Sutton would have had to do they had to rip their pitch up, of course, their three G pitch and put down a grass pitch. Is that ever going to change that rule? Do you think, by the way? Um. um
1: uh, I I think uh, you know in the same way that the North and South complain that everything's you know focused on the national league itself. I think the football league will be focused very strongly on um, getting in the Premier League, and I don't think the Premier League will accept no four G pitches. Therefore, I don't think the football league will um, at any level. Which yeah. is a shame because you know, as you say, it's a very good earner for some teams. You look at Sutton; they made they made very good money from their 3G pitch, 4G pitch. Sorry, Bromley, Bromley doing the same. Um, so it is a shame because it's a good income stream, and it's a it's a real indicator of ambition or not your willingness to. You can be comfortable, you know, using that revenue generator, but knowing that you can, you know, not make that step. Or you can say, yeah. um, you know, we're serious about this, and therefore we need to be planning on on replacing the pitch. And Sutton, Sutton knew and were planning that they would have to have that um, that major step when they went up, and
0: and they executed their plans absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, they did very well indeed, didn't they? Very well indeed. So, well, it's been a pleasure, Bill, as always. Uh, we should explain to each, uh, to listeners that we bumped into each other. Uh, going the opposite way on the on the Elizabethan line.
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, I was rushing for. A, I thought it would be a quick, a quick, a quick way of getting to Liverpool Street. So I had to get a train to Liverpool Street. So I was running to to get this train. And I didn't realise that to get on the Elizabethan train, it may be a lot quicker, but it's an awful lot longer to walk everywhere.
1: <laughs> it is. It. it, it, it but it's a magnificent feat of engineering. I, I really, uh, I really like it.
0: It is good. It is good, but we both probably made our made our respective trades. That's good. Well, Bill, I hope to see you again soon. I'd like it to be in your league, but if it's not, we'll we'll see each other anyway, I'm sure. Um, Look forward to it. Point. Yeah, you take care. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been trying to get you on for a long time, but I know you're a busy boy doing all this other stuff. So, But it's been really entertaining, really, really as well informative, and I'm, I've enjoyed every moment of it. So I hope you have too, and we we'll speak soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I thought it was a great conversation with Bill. And, you know, knowledgeable guy, puts his club first. I forgot, forgot to mention that Bill, although he's he he um, is an Altringham fan, obviously from there, he actually lives in the in the south. So he has a long journey to do and put the miles in each week to, to watch his club. But he does it and um, you've got to take your hat off to him, how well they've done. So, well done to Altringham Football Club and um, I'm sure they've got to Prosper. Um, they're not that far up, the, you know, towards the you know off the playoffs. And I think there's a lot of talk in the in the football league that perhaps next year there'll be an extra promotion place from the national league, which will mean that the playoffs will go down to an extra place. Which which also means, as long as you've fulfilled all the ground grading requirements and you're able to match up to your, your, your stadium, you have, you have to apply every year to be a member of the football league. Wherever you are in the national league, if you don't do that, you can't actually take place in the, take part in the playoffs so it's got a long, complicated form, um, every three years it, it has to be updated, but you still have to apply every year. And um, there are some bits of work they allow you to do once you're in the league. And there's other bits of work which they don't allow you to do. You have to do before. So, for example, one of the things you can't have is people wandering around, which is a part of the old the, 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 the non-league system that people love, where you can just switch ends at half time. That's all outlawed in the football league. You so, see, therefore, you have to have four stands, which have four... Um, lots of toilets and for lots of catering and et cetera, et cetera. You have to have a certain length of lease. You can have a much shorter length of lease in the National League, but you have to have at least, I think it's at least 10 years um, in the Football League. So there are all sorts of legal requirements, hundreds of them. I can't go through them or be here all week. But but what this means is that if that happens and there's a, a, an extra playoff place, the first two will get promoted, I guess, and then the playoff spots will come down to one more position, um, which which essentially means I think that will be Will oh, that be eighth or seventh. Anyway, we're one of the two. So it'll make it will make it very um well, it will make it possible that a club who have finished halfway down the league almost can actually, or at least a third of the way down the league. I think it's seven, so it'll go down to eighth. So yeah, you could be a, a third of the a third from the top, as it were, eight to twenty four is three, and you could get promoted into the football league. So that's that's something to look forward to if it happens. And I'm sure it will, well, um, it could do by the sound of it. So, but obviously, I think the football league clubs need to need to vote for it. Um, so let's, let's cover a few interesting points which are coming up. Let's talk about Chelsea what, and why Clear Lake Capital, who are the main or one of the main backers of Chelsea Football Club, um, why they can't lose. It's, it's an interesting thing. So Chelsea have done a lot of deals recently, and everyone's saying, how can they spend so much money? You know, they spend X on Jal Felix. I've just spent a load of money on the Ukrainian Mertag. And they keep keep... I've pronounced that wrongly, I know. Um, there are other players that they keep bringing in and Sterling and they're putting them on one very long-term deals. Everyone's saying, is that financial suicide to be putting people on six-, seven-year contracts, eight-year contracts with the um, the latest one from Shakhtar Doniesk? And the answer is that there's not it's not an accident. It's They're doing it on purpose because of um, uh, they're trying to... Uh, mortem, uh, um, i can never say this word. You have to—you have to forgive me. But where you uh, amortise, amortize, I think is the correct term—a uh, player's worth over a period of years. The longer you have the contract for, the less money, the actual loss is on an annual basis. So let let's try and make this understandable. If Chelsea bought a player for a hundred million, and they put the contract over a five-year period, the loss would essentially work out. At twenty million pounds a year, five times twenty equally one hundred. If they put the player on a ten-year deal, the loss to the club each year is ten million. So the actual, what this means, of course, is the actual uh, loss on the on the where you're allowed to lose so much money per year. It's a lot less if you give them a longer deal, uh, but of course, your contract with them to pay the player's wages for 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 longer. But the big hit, the transfer fees, is is, is, is is a mortar, a mortar ties. I don't know why I can't say it today. I'm so sorry. Um, it's one of the only words I can't say. Um, over a longer period of time. Anyway, here's what's interesting about it. and, and Let's give a real-life example. Not a real-life example, but a, 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 an example, because it's worth, it's worth looking at. If the player is no good, this is where you've got a problem. So let's say it doesn't work out for the player. So it hasn't worked out for Chelsea and Lukaku. Now, if Chelsea sell Lukaku, there's a, probably a reason why they haven't done it and why they've loaned him back to, to Inter Milan, because it means that they haven't got to take the hit. So let me put this into real terms. Let's just say you buy a player for £100 million, um, after two years you've decided he's not up to your you know he's not he's not doing it for you, so you've decided to sell him for forty million now in the real world you've bought him for a hundred million you've sold him for forty million you've lost sixty million so that's that 's the real world deal, not in football of course in football, what they do if it was on a five year deal they 'd say well, I'll tell you what you've had him for five years you you let you contract him for five years. He's played two years of his contract, so 40 million of his loss has already been accounted for. So what's what he's on the books at is 60 million. So you've actually sold him now for 40. So your real loss is only 20 million that year, and not not the full loss because you've already had 20 million over a year for the last two years. If on the 10-year deal, it's slightly worse. Well, it's not slightly worse. It's much worse because the 10-year deal you've only discounted the price by 20 million over 10 years because you're only losing 10 million a year. So that you, he's on the books at 80 million, you sell him for 40, suddenly you've got a big bill of 40 million there sitting there, and that loss that's got to be recorded that year is 40 mil. So of course, if you loan him out to someone, whoever it is, you haven't got to take that loss, have you, because you're still doing it. So that's the real reason why I think um, no one's really mentioning that. Loan deals happen, because it stops clubs having to uh, take big losses in one hit which obviously is worse for their balance sheet and means they can't spend so much in the f- the following year. So there we go. That's that. Now, on to the streaming deal. The uh, This is the streaming deal for the National League, which is then being brought into the National League North and South at a later date, I think, this season. We don't know when yet. We're waiting to find out. And I think it's a dreadful deal. Now, let's give the National League their credit here because they didn't take this deal. They didn't arrange this deal. They had too many vested interests. So what they did is they set it up with an independent committee, with a member of that committee being a part of... with being a a member of the Football Supporters Association. Now, the Football Supporters Association are one of the key linchpins who are all on fan ownership and all about fan ownership. So I'm actually disappointed in them because if they were... As good as they say that they are, and I've got no axe to grind against them. This deal shouldn't have happened because this is not good for small clubs. This is good for big clubs, but terrible for small clubs. So this is the deal, and this is I'll explain to you why why it's bad. So the first thing that happens is they're going to charge whatever they're going to charge. Of course, is 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 irrelevant to the, to why the deal is good or bad. But they're going to charge nine pound fifty per game for a match day pass, which allows you to watch. Every game in the national League, so technically, you can switch between the games if you 're in America, you can watch now all the games where you can probably maybe, i think you can actually even watch back them after after you know so you could probably watch two or three games, but you just pay for that match day at nine pounds fifty well that 's fine, no problems with that. The national League then takes fifteen percent themselves for providing the filming they don 't actually film it they provide fixed filming uh, stations, the marketing and the infrastructure. So on a £9.50 deal, I've taken away the VAT, which you have to do, VAT, for our um, listeners from abroad, value-added tax is 20% at the moment in the UK. So that from the £9.50, you're paying some money to the government, which leaves you a £7.92. The 15% that the National League then take, it takes another £1.19. I've got no issues with that. That's perfectly reasonable and perfectly OK. Now, what then happens is 25% of the balance is then split between all clubs in the league, Okay, So everyone gets it. Now, the National League gets 70%. The National League North and South get 30%. That split is a split that's been agreed for years. Um, There's no problems with that, in my opinion. That's how it's always been done. So I'm not complaining about it. Don't think I am, because I'm not. So that's fine. And so what that means is that 25% of the revenue is split between... Uh, so, 70... Sorry, let's start again. So Out of the 25%, 70% of that will then be split between 24 clubs in the National League or 48 clubs because you've got two leagues in the North and the South. So, clearly, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger split. What this means in real terms is at £9.50, each National League club gets less than 6p per stream and each National League North and South club get less than a penny per stream. And it's going to be worse than that So I've deducted that. But I haven't... They only get net... Um, receipts. So it doesn't include credit card rece- uh, fees, streaming charges, and other ancillary costs. So it's not even going to be that. It's going to be a lot less. What's interesting at this point is will the North and the South, when they come online with their own streaming thing, will they split it themselves on a 70-30 basis? Or will it still have to be 70% going back up to the National League? And the National League North and South, I mean, and I get the point here. Normally, the National League is the one that generates the income. And the North and the South is seen as not that, not so interesting or not as interesting, I should say. So I get the point why the, why the National League gets the bulk of the money. But when it's the National League North and the South and they've got their own income and it's all generated from their income, that seems a bit unfair then to send 70% of that back to the National League. I'm not saying that's going to happen because it may not happen. It's not being discussed, but clearly, in my opinion, but it should be the other way around for that that the 70% should stay with the North and the South and the 30% should go back to the, to the National League. But anyway, the wh- where the deal is wrong and completely and utterly wrong is that the remaining 60% is paid to the club that you support when you sign up for the stream. So if you are a fan of Wrexham, you will get £4.76. Now, if you're at home and you're a Wrexham fan, I've got no problems with that because you should take the income because you are the home club but if you're going to play at another club in the league in the national league be it Eastleigh or whoever else it's going to be for that matter Ultrigham for that matter um if you're going to if you're going there then Ultrigham would only receive the same amount we just discussed at 6p a game or less than 6p a game as everyone else but you're at home so surely being at home and if you're if it if it if it, ta- if it costs a few a few fans off your gate. That let's say the weather's terrible, doesn't look great, and you know what? A couple of hundred, four hundred fans decide I'm not going to travel down to down to Altringham all the way from Eastleigh. I'm not going to bother doing it. Then what happens is that you don't get any money. You get the same amount of money as everyone else in the league, and that's got to be wrong in my opinion. You should be getting, in, you should be getting the the right the right amount, and that and that's four pounds seventy five. So that's the bulk of the cash at 9 pounds 50 4 pounds 75 is, is 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 the rate that the 60% generates and i just think that's not right now there are, I, I get it's difficult to do a perfect deal I would personally prefer either everyone to get the same and everyone's going to say well you would say that because you've got a small club not a big club well yeah that's possibly true but equally you need the small clubs in the league to get the big if the big clubs have just got five or six or seven of them and there's no one else getting money they can't play a mini league between themselves so everyone really needs to get a part of that pie and okay I wouldn't mind it being split on a proportional basis, once certain levels have been hit, maybe the number of supporters signed up if that 's the way you want to do it or or whatever else. But I think there should be an a, an acknowledgement that even if you take i follow, which is the uh, the, the football league 's own version of this, not the Premier League, but the Football League's version of, of of the streaming service, the first 500 sales goes to the home club. So even the visiting, you know, if Bolton Wanderers are playing away at um, Stevenage, Bolton Wanderers, or, or they wouldn't be in the wrong league, so it's a bad example, but let's just use that as an example. Bolton Wanderers would have to pay over the first 500 to Stevenage, and then after that, Bolton would keep the away... Gateway. Uh, I don't like that so much either. But it, but equally, it's optional. You haven't got to opt into it. But with this, there's nothing. There's no there's no balancing act to compensate the club that's at home. And I think that's not fair and not right. I think the club that's at home should should be. You know, should have a should have a fair deal, and it's just not a very fair deal. Now, what the scientific advice is, I'm sure that the the league are going to tell me is that they've been told that it doesn't stop people travelling, so it's all new money. But I'm not sure about that because I know how a lot of people are. If the weather looked terrible one day, where they weren't too sure, or they had an option of doing it, it it will put the doubt into a few people's minds, and so. Yeah, I don't think it's. I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's right. Now, what I understand has happened. I can't confirm these. These are only guesses of what of what's gone on, but they're very educated guesses, so we say. But so uh, unofficial figures. I understand that two hundred thousand pound has been generated for the first six games. Pretty impressive. Not so much in terms of abroad income. Not so much interest uh, abroad uh, as we would perhaps think from fans exiled, et cetera, that have exiled, etc. I mean, obviously, time differences will play a big part in that. But what the other interesting point is that um that Wrexham apparently are responsible for eighty percent of it, so eighty percent of the money is going therefore to Wrexham, which is. Good for them, as I say, uh, but not so good for everyone else. And I'm not having a go at Wrexham in this at all, because I get it from their perspective that, you know, they, they've generated a lot of interest in themselves, with the celebrity focus and angle that their club is, uh, you know, their owners have, have put in, With nothing wrong with all of that. But I just think there needs to be a, a recognition that the away uh, team... Um, the home team, sorry, should be given more than every other team in that league for hosting that game. There's got to be something in it for them, which is more than everyone else. So anyway, that's my view with that. Um, And then the EFL themselves have got a streaming deal, sorry, a TV deal going on, which they're discussing with the Premier League at the moment. Now, that's quite interesting. So the Premier League is... Um, oh, I haven't actually explained about clear lake as well why they can't lose which I need to I need to do so the EFL want 25% of future premier league tv Premier League TV rights. At the moment, they're getting 16%. They've been offered 19%. I actually think that's quite generous because it's not their TV rights. It's someone else's, and they're offering it to them as a... As a, as a OK, it's a fig leaf, but it's not a bad fig leaf. 19%. It's, you know, pretty good. I think that's not bad. Um, they, The Premier League do not want to stop parachute payments. The EFL do. Obviously, if they, if they did stop the parachute payments, they could send some money down to the National League. I'm sure we'd be all very pleased to, to get some. But anyway, that's uh, I'm sure, would not happen. I mean I personally would rather the the um the football league the league 2 splits into north and south and absorbs the national league and the parachute money stopped and that pays the extra money that the football league've got to give out to the to all the clubs in the um the, you know could they'd have an expanded league then of an extra 20 clubs or so so that they they'd have to they'd have to find more money and that 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 parachute payment would pay an awful lot more or would pay all of it and give some change they could send down to the north and the south so that's how I would do it, but obviously that probably won't be taken into account. Um, but there we go. So that's that's what's going on with that. And Apple TV looked like they're going to be coming in with some bids for things because um, TV rights, ne- next, ne- next set of TV rights, they're going to be in for it because they've just taken a deal now where they own 10 years' worth of the next 10 years in America, the MLS, and they're going to be interested in the next set of rights um, in the Premier League. Now, that's going to change, obviously, again the way that things are are watched and viewed over here in the in the UK. So um finally on Clear Lake Capital, this is why they can't lose at Chelsea and it's a it's a great deal. I think they put a billion pounds in of other people's money because essentially it's a fund and you know nothing wrong with that private equity fund other people put their money in, they run it. Um the the the, the people that own Clear Lake, the partners would put in 2% of the fund themselves. But they then charge 1.7% a year as an annual management fee, as I understand it. So best, basically, a year or just over a year or so, or a year and a quarter or so, after they've put their money in, they've got their money back. And so over five years, they're going to make 8, 8.5%, but they've only risked 2% of their own money. And equally, if they get it right and Chelsea makes a big profit, the first 20% of all the profits go back to Clearly. So, they win there as well. So, it's a great deal for Clear Lake. I can't see any reason how they can lose money because they they get the annual management fee as part of the deal and after the first year, they got their money back or near enough after the first year, they got their money back and they go on forever. So, good deal for them. Um, whether it's a good deal for Chelsea or everyone else, it remains to be seen, but we will find out probably over the next few years whether it is. Um, so, there we go. Um, probably not too much over the hour. Um, what are we looking at? 50, Yeah, maybe um, 20 minutes more, but... I hope you've enjoyed it. I think there's been we've had to cover a lot because I haven't been around. Um, well, I have been around, but i just been it's been so hectic, so busy. with so many different things to to sort out with our. Well, I won't bore you with them all, but there's been a lot going on uh, behind the scenes at the football club, and it's just taken a lot of time to, to deal with it all. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope that makes sense. Uh, keep keep the requests coming. Anything else you want to know, uh, send me an email, chairman at kltown.co.uk. If you get an email back to say that my inbox is full, it is at the moment. I'm trying to empty it, so uh, just keep trying, and it will be hopefully empty in the next 24 hours, and uh, it will be back to normal again. So that's good. Um take care of yourselves, enjoy your football wherever you wherever you are watching it, and i'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks' time when we will continue with another exciting guest and another show until then see you or, until then it's goodbye for me and I'll see you soon thanks bye.